This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Today I'm speaking with Dakota Jones and Nate Bender. Dakota is the founder and executive director of Footprints Running Camp, and Nate is Footprints Marketing Director. These two accomplished mountain athletes are working to empower the activist spirit in folks who enjoy spending time in wild places. We don't necessarily have all the answers, but we have a ton of people who work really hard on these subjects every day who are going to help you. So we're trying to really, really hard to create this process more than anything else. The Footprints Camp not only takes campers on amazing adventures, but connects them with the resources and skills to bring their passion for climate action to life. Dakota, Nate, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Justin. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. It's an honor to be here. I'm sure it is. Well, we'll try to deliver on that prospect over the next 30 minutes or so. Um, so we start as we always do. Tell us, where did you grow up and what did your parents do? Dakota, we'll start with you. Uh, I grew up in Moab, Utah until I was about 15 and then uh, lived, moved to Durango, Colorado until I finished high school. And my dad was a chemical engineer and my mom is a nurse. Awesome. Nate, how about you? And I grew up in Hamilton, Montana, just down the valley from here. And my dad ran a lumber brokerage there. And my mom raised muskox, actually, for, for several years when we were, my brother and I were just kids. And then they, they moved away from that adventure. And, and then she was a stay-at-home mom raising my brother and I. Interesting. Well, yeah. geez, Nate, we could do a whole episode about muskox. Yeah, that's I'm a rabbit sure. hole. We'll come back. It's, it's an ox hole, I guess. Do they make holes? Those muskoxes? <laughs> Oxen? Not a lot. No. Okay. Well, we'll just sort of leave that aside. I mean, we could talk for days about the two the two of your accomplishments in the mountains as adventure athletes, as, as mountain athletes, runners, etc. But we're here to talk about, today about footprints. Uh, Dakota, tell us, what is footprints? How did the idea come to mind? Yeah, so Footprints is, right now it's a running camp, and the whole purpose of the running camp is to help people take action on climate change. Okay. And, you know, in general, it's basically, we're creating ways to use any shared interest and any community to provide real, actionable solutions for people who want to take action on climate change. And so the way this came about was, I've been running ultra marathons for a long time now, and I've uh, had the opportunity to get to know a lot of people, run a lot of races. And one time I went to a running camp up in Alaska, mm -hmm. Juneau, Alaska with Jeff Rose. Right. Who, if you've been in the sport a long time, he <laughs> used to be a big deal. Um, and we ran all week in the mountains up there and I just had such an amazing time. And I was like, you know, I really want to be able to provide this kind of like connection to the people that I'm feeling at this camp. Uh, you know, to more people, I feel like this is really valuable, but I don't want to just do the same thing everyone else is doing. And so I thought, you know, I'm really committed to environmental action. And how can I, maybe, maybe this is the way that I can do that. You know, I can put on a camp. It's about running, brings people together. We bond in this way, but beyond that, we're able to use those, that, that connection between people in order to make a difference for this this global problem that is climate change. Yeah, when did you kind of start to find that passion about climate and climate change? I, I've been committed to environmental issues my whole life. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the 
confidence, I think, to start speaking out about it until about 2017. Okay. Um, and the election the previous year was pretty disappointing for me to the point that it was sort of a, <laughs> a crisis. And I was like, I have to do something about this. I have to start taking action. And so I started trying to figure out how to do that. And the way that I started was to work with Protect Our Winters. And if you're not familiar, Protect Our Winters is a nonprofit organization that's dedicated entirely to mobilizing the outdoor industry to take action on climate change. And their specific means is by mobilizing people to get involved politically. Okay. We want to get the outdoor industry out voting and calling the representatives and being involved in this process. Mm -hmm. Because the simple fact is that climate change is so large that the solutions have to happen at the government level, basically. And so working with Protect Our Winters has been a way for me to understand that even though I still drive a car and sometimes I fly in airplanes, you know, even though I live this life that is built in some degree around fossil fuels, that, that doesn't mean I can't talk about climate change. It doesn't mean I can't take action on climate change. You know, if there were better options available to me, then I would take them. And that's really where we're trying to go with Protect Our Winters and, you know, contextualizing a lot of POW's work into footprints, into these camps. Like, that's kind of what we do is we work with POW to be basically be like boots on the ground. Like, here is how you can actually be a leader for collective action in your community. Super. Well, we'll get to the curriculum and kind of how these camps are structured in a moment. But Nate, like, take some time to talk about your journey toward being engaged in the climate situation and finding your voice as an activist? It definitely is a circuitous route for me. I grew up in a really outdoorsy family that places a lot of value on the natural world and, mm -hmm. and being out and being active in the outdoors. I think the one initial turning point for me was, you know, a decade ago in undergrad taking a class on sustainable business practices. Okay. And being, here at the University of Montana? Yeah, here at, here at UM having that kind of light bulb moment of, of being fascinated by this, this, you know, these ideas of, of sustainability and wanting to work in that field. But it's taken me several years to get there, trying to, you know, initially scratch my itch doing different adventure-ish jobs like whitewater raft guiding, um, eventually coming around and working in, working in advertising, and then not being totally fulfilled by working in advertising and coming back right. to grad school in order to expand my, my skills and my knowledge so that mm -hmm. I could work more on environmental issues. So yeah, I think it's it's been a longer route of being interested in this sort of work for a long time, but finally kind of now finding my my voice and my niche within that and how to how to make a difference. Yeah, what was your intersection with uh, your first touch point with footprints? Gosh, I think it was just seeing a post by Dakota probably two years ago now. Mm -hmm. And we didn't actually know each other at that point. I ended up, I uh, just cold, sent him a cold email saying, hey, I'm, I'm this uh, master's student at UM. Okay. We share a lot of similar interests. How can I be involved? Right. And it kind of snowballed from there. And that was about the time that you had moved to uh, Bozeman, right, Dakota, to start, uh, you know, to, to work on your um, undergraduate studies. Is that right? I guess in, in 2018, I did this bike tour where I rode my bike up to the Pikes Peak Marathon and rode back. Um, and that I did that from Southwest Colorado mm -hmm. where I was living. And it was like this big climate gesture. You know, I ride my bike to a race and back because I'm a climate activist. And then you finished that and I was like, okay, well, I didn't really 
save a whole lot of carbon from the atmosphere sure. and yeah, yeah. not not everybody can be expected to ride their bike to every race you know this isn't really the solution that's going to be able to scale up and save the world so uh i'm like how can i figure out what solutions will and through a long circuitous process i was like well i need to get educated yeah. <laughs> and i and i just started thinking about like what does that mean for me because you know getting educated on environmental issues can mean many things it could mean law it could be an art it could mean politics um, right. for me i felt like with my personality and my interests I, I wanted to study engineering i think my also my dad being an engineer was a big influence there mm -hmm. and so then i was looking around and thought you know montana state is a great engineering school in an absolutely wonderful place seems like the perfect fit for me so let's let's talk about the camps themselves i mean you talked about the broad vision for the camp but um how is it actually different? My understanding is last year was the first cohort. Let's talk about the people in the camp and the curriculum and um, you know, kind of how this vision kind of intersects with reality. Like, how did you put this thing together? The idea was this, like I said earlier, it's like we have a strong community in the trail running world that we can use for collective action. But like actually putting those pieces together requires hard work and mm -hmm. some ingenuity. And my first realization was that I am not qualified to be teaching climate action or climate problems. You know, like I'm just a runner. I don't really have these qualifications. And so I started reaching out to people who are. I thought I'll just hire the people who can talk on these subjects well. And uh, basically this whole snowballed into the, the structure being one where we have a camper and a mentor. So okay. <clears throat> we choose 10 campers per year and they apply to us by saying, here's a problem in my community related to climate change that I want to address. We choose the ones that we feel have the most potential for action. And then we assign them a mentor who is someone who has experience working in that field of climate action. Okay. Um, and so this is a really great way, like Nate's a great example. We have, so we have 10 mentors, but like Nate was a mentor last year. And this is kind of how he and I got started working together is because he reached out and said, Hey, I'm a master's student in Montana. I have experience in data analytics and business. And it was really perfect working with Nate, especially because my original idea for the camp was like, we're going to teach climate science. We'll get all these scientists to come in and teach this. And then putting it together, I started to realize like, Hey, you can't really teach a whole lot of climate scientists science effectively in one week. Right. You know, this is a long-term process. And what we need to do, is be teaching basically business techniques so that people can be, you know, they, if they need the science to promote their project, we can find those resources for them. But really what they're trying to do is make an action accessible to an entire community and to get people involved and to sell this idea around the project, whatever it is. Yeah. And so Nate's background was perfect in helping me kind of meld these two concepts of like environmental action and business yeah does that make any sense absolutely but i i think it'll make more sense native talk about the 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 mentee you worked with and the project and how you both kind of collaborated on making it come to life before i do that i want to just step back and and say a couple thoughts just to build on what dakota was saying and it's this idea of, of scale and collective action because right. you know we as individuals you know, there, there's a middle ground between individual actions are not enough to address climate change. We also don't have systemic power to, to make laws or to be the CEO of Walmart and make a big decision that has enormous ramifications. So, you know, we don't have that as individuals, but we 
do have power as collective, mm-hmm. like as, as individuals coming together and magnifying their voices. And so what we are trying to focus on with Footprints is to say, okay, whatever your community is, and it doesn't have to be a physical community, it can be a community in a, in a broader sense, whatever your community is, how can you become a better leader for climate action within that community? Right. Because that's kind of the most power that we have as individuals. And and just to like a terminology thing, I've liked I've started to call the camp a like a business incubator yeah. for climate action. Because yeah. that's kind of what it is. It's trying to bring this idea of like how do we incubate ideas with personal support and community support and skills and knowledge throughout a very intensive week to bring these ideas to life, to give them the strategy and the structure, to turn it from just like, oh, I'd love to do this thing. I'm very idealistic to, okay, how do you think through the strategy of it and how do you communicate that idea and how do you get the right partners on board? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to kind of conceptualize it as as an incubator. And we see those models really taking hold and making a fundamental difference in how entrepreneurship is done, whether mm. it's, you know, Blackstone Launchpad here on the University of Mon- Montana campus. There's also one at MSU and others around the country, you know, or, you know, VCs and so forth put together inf- incubators. A colleague who was on the podcast and radio show a couple of weeks ago, Steph Sample, is mm. her organization funded, is trying to get small businesses access to capital. And in your conceptualization, it's not just the capital, but it's the tools for making these ideas come to life. So let's let's talk about the tools themselves. Like what do you what do you all connect these uh, you know these these hungry activists with um, in order to get their projects done? And maybe we tell that story through an example of one of the projects. So this kind of be be really kind of accessible to the listener. Yeah. So we my camper and I worked on implementing a a green roof or or how how to. Um, you know, petitioned her university to implement a green roof on one of the buildings. Okay, um, so a large university building, so a big project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and what is um, a green roof? Just so the listener. So, knows so what a that green is. a green roof is a a living roof on okay. on top. So you would, um, you know, the roof needs to be reinforced so it can hold soil and plants. And the idea behind a green roof is that it helps reduce the amount of energy that the building takes in from the mm-hmm. sun because the, the plants in the soil can absorb some of that. And so it can reduce energy costs for, for the building. And sure. also, you know, different, different green roofs, you know, they can be closed off to public. They could also be open to people coming up there. So mm-hmm. it, could be, it could be a social benefit and kind of a, an aesthetically pleasing solution. But you see most of the argument made for them economically. Okay. Lowers the costs of operating and maintaining the building. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, you mm-hmm. know, more green stuff planted is, is more of a carbon sink. I know it's a small scale for, for a green roof, but it's something. Sure, sure. So anyway, this, yeah. this, this camper wanted to make a green roof happen. It's probably it's, – it's hard to get universities to be convinced to do new things. Um, you know, I've had some experience with that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how, how did you work with this camper to help this – the university they were working on kind of adopt this idea part of it that is hard is we don't have in a week to the the time and and the internet internet connection up there at the hut to you know go and do a deep dive on the economics of this but it was more i think in my case with this project about how do you talk about the benefits of this in a way that speaks to your intended audience and how do you 
identify the different stakeholders on campus, whether it's student groups or the Office of Sustainability at the university or the administration, and yeah, identify what each of those groups might be looking for. What are sure. the benefits from their point of view? And so it's not so much about pitching the project in terms of what you want from it, but how does it speak to, to them? We'll be back to my conversation with Dakota Jones and Nate Bender after this short break. A New Angle is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and UM's College of Business. Access to capital, broadband, and education are three ingredients any community needs for success. This is John Twiggs with Montana PBS, and you're listening to A New Angle. Welcome back to A New Angle. I'm speaking with Dakota Jones and Nate Bender about Footprints Running Camp. Dakota, when you're thinking about that across a variety of campers, variety of mentors, variety of projects and passion areas within the large bucket of climate change. How are you thinking about structuring a curriculum and and what do you want to expose these folks to? Well, the fun thing about Footprints is that it's it's quite small and it's still kind of new and it's very collaborative. So I think that one of the things that's made it successful so far is that we just have a lot of people involved and we've set it up as this like experimental. It's like this incubator, like Nate said, Mm -hmm. you know, like we don't necessarily have all the answers, but we have a ton of people who work really hard on these subjects every day who are going to help you. And so we're trying to really, really hard to create this process more than anything else so that like you can work through these things, like these concepts, like what do you want to do? Okay. So it's like, you want to do a green roof, for example, like we know for many reasons that that's worth doing. There's economic benefits. There's like environmental benefits. Um, there's even social benefits, right? You can go hang out up there and it's nice to be in a green space. And so that is something that the camper can, honestly, they can do that stuff by themselves. Like they don't necessarily need us to, to corroborate that that's a worthwhile project. Right. What they need is help like getting people involved because as you say, these universities or really any institution is difficult to to come around to your way of thinking and to change the way that they've done things. And so we need to be able to get people involved to to make this a collective action. So it's not just one person. We need to make it so that they understand how to lead those people. Um, And so when we're looking at the curriculum during the camp, it's, it's this mix, you know, with the very first day we start and most of the campers do the same thing, which is basically dialing in on what exactly are you doing? Who exactly are you doing it for? And why does this matter enough that you're going to put all this time and energy into it? From there, we build out in somewhat different directions, kind of following what the campers need. One of our big goals is to help the campers and the mentors understand each other's projects and skill sets so that we can have as many avenues available as possible during the camp, working with them on these basic business principles that will help them create a movement and find resources when they need help. That's more helpful, I think, in the one short week we have than like saying this is exactly the step you need to do. You need to do this exact action. How do you kind of complete the circle? Like what what are these in the year, roughly year that's, you know, transpired since the first camp, are there success stories of these folks that you, 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 you all sort of launched back into their communities as, as inspired activists with some tools to, 
to get people behind their ideas of their, you know, what's come of that? There's several of that. And my favorite example, I think, or at least the one that's most in my view, because it's at Montana State University, is one of our campers is an employee at, at Montana State. Great. Yeah. Um, in, yeah, in the, the Office of Sustainability. And so his whole project at the camp last year was how can I basically do my job better? He wanted to figure out, you know, how can he be a better advocate, both in getting the administration to adopt climate friendly practices and a whole climate plan. And also, how do you get students involved in these actions and in these uh, in this activism? And so it was really fun, actually, last, I think it was December, I got to go to this presentation that he gave as part of his office, where mm-hmm. it was to the Board of Regents, I think it is, like with the presidents and like the whole, yeah, it's like the, the university's version the of the board of directors, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They were there and they presented the climate plan that said, this is when we're going to be carbon neutral by 2040 and we're going to be like implementing these practices. And they presented that to the Board of Regents and then the... Uh, President Wadad Crusado came up and she was like, I love it and we're doing it. It's going to be, ha- it's, we're, this is our plan. Nope. And uh, yeah, and you know, like Paul was a big part of that. It's not just him, he's part of an office, but that's the whole point, you know, is that he was able to contribute to this and get more people involved and help make this a reality. That's a great story. And let's, in our remaining time, talk about, you know, the upcoming camp late July of 2022 you know what's what's on tap what's what's new what's different like what what's what's happening in the the 22 edition of footprints it's really exciting we're you know last year i think that what we did well was we proved that this is a concept worth doing that people can take away from and like get value from then over the the last year but mostly the last six months working with nate nate's really helped us turn this into a an organization that will be that will have a lot of longevity. Mm-hmm. We're now a nonprofit. We have like a very clear business or strategic plan and we have we've developed like our marketing strategy and so we're putting on the camp same as last year. There's going to be a few more campers. We have most of the same mentors and it's really fun because last year we were just kind of winging it to some degree, figuring out how it works. Now we know what worked well. We know what we can improve on. We're improving that curriculum each day. And then we're really trying to expand this too, because we love that we get to have this amazing week and experience with 10 campers. And that's great. But we also want to provide this, these solutions and this activism and resources to more than that. And so we're trying to develop ways to create videos, create podcasts like this. You know, We're working on a whole lot of resources so that anybody who wants to create a project, even if they can't come to camp, ultimately we want them to be able to come to us and our channels and find resources. Yeah. And I would imagine this incubator model that you're kind of introducing to this climate action nonprofit space or however you want to conceptualize it can be deployed with other activities that people share in the outdoors as passion areas, whether it's cycling, backpacking, river rafting, fly fishing. It's such a great substrate for the curriculum that you're delivering. Nate, chime in here. You you had something to say about Dakota there, but also like, what are you most excited about with uh, the 2022 edition? I mean, uh, the idea of a substrate is is great. I love this idea of just running is is not something that the camp is structured around. It's just this thing that brings us all joy. And 
And it, it's just this connective tissue for everyone there. You don't have to be some elite runner to come out to this thing. The idea, the focus is on action and climate action and not on the running. What, what we love about it is that that's, that's our community. And those, that's the community of people that Dakota and I are so immersed in and can speak authentically to and powerfully to. And that same thing applies to all those other activities that, that you just mentioned. And um, I love how that kind of thing can, can bring people together for this kind of work. And what I'm most excited about is expanding the ways that we can serve as an incubator mm-hmm. for these ideas. So we're bringing on you know more established partner organizations right. like Patagonia Trail and Running, solidifying how we're working with Protect Our Winners and, and using their support, other sponsors like Fat Tire Beer. And, you know, so those kinds of discussions are ongoing about both how they support us as a camp, but also could provide support, whether that's social support as far as access to their business acumen mm-hmm. or their community engagement skills and knowledge, but all and, and their financial resources to power our campers projects after the camp. And, and also solidifying a more robust kind of follow-up program customized to each of our campers. So de- depending on the metrics for success that each camper creates during the week, we, you know, we'll, our goal is to have a staff member be able to follow up uh, on established intervals with each camper and continue to provide support along the way for 3, 6, 12, 18 months after the camp for each camper. Yeah, this is awesome. I love what you two and your colleagues are up to. I wish you all the best. It's a a really cool model for kind of merging both of your passions for the outdoors, but also your commitment to trying to make the world a better place, that you're you're using it to kind of help empower others to do the same. Dakota, where would you point people online if they wanted to learn more about Footprints and what you're up to? The best way to figure out what we do and how it works is to go to our website at runfootprints.com and then our videos on the homepage. Yeah, the video is fantastic. Folks should go uh, watch that. And then also we have a newsletter that we send out about both what we're up to and how people can get involved. And we love having more people sign up for that. (laughs) Today is June 9th and we are launching our first fundraising campaign today. And we are... We have the support of Patagonia and Fat Tire, and we are they they have committed to matching the first uh, fifteen thousand dollars of public donations. We'd love to have your support. To my, I mean, my dream and my vision is to offer these camps cost free, sure, to campers. I think that would be an amazing goal, um, and your support can help us do that. It can help us um, pay the high quality educators that we bring in to make this this work possible um, and to expand our reach into multiple camps. So how do I donate? How how does one donate? So go to runfootprints.com. We'll also be um, pushing out messaging through social channels like YouTube and uh, our Instagram. Sure. All the places. All the places. Awesome. Well, get out, donate, check out what these guys are up to and um, all the best. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk down the road. Happy trails. Thanks, Justin. Happy trails. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from University of Montana alums Michelle and Lauren Hansen. A New Angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business.
with additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. AJ Williams is our producer. BTO, Jeff Amet, and John Wicks made our music. Editing by Nick Mott. And Jeff Meese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.